Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. I just want to ask one quick favor before we jump into this episode. You know, I've been organically growing this podcast for over five years, and I need your help to keep the momentum going. There's two things you can do. One is leaving a five-star rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify is a lot easier. You'll see the rating button right at the top. Apple Podcasts, you have to scroll down the page a little bit, and you'll see a write a review button. Additionally, if you want to share this out with your audience on your social channels, text it to a friend or colleague or family member, whatever you have to do to pass this along to individuals that you find may need the help and may be looking to get started. So either of those things or both of you like would be appreciative so I can get this podcast out to more individuals and we can help more people get started and move in the right direction to a more happy and fulfilling life. So thanks again for your help and grateful to have you here on another episode. Let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Ben Miller, who is the founder of Chronify, and he's passionate about personal finance and reallocating human capital to his highest and best use. He built a system to solve his own problem and figure out when he could move on from trading derivatives to building his own company. He is now using that same system to help others make decisions that are better aligned with their goals and values by understanding their money in terms of time. And I absolutely love this conversation with Ben, and I know you will too. So without further ado, please welcome in Ben Miller. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I know we were chatting a, a little bit you know, prior to recording, so I want to keep jumping on this topic because you know, we both, you know, have read Mike's book, uh, When to Jump. I know we kind of connected with him in different ways and he connected us. And I'm curious to start here with, you know, the, the whole Just Get Started mission is around, you know, how do we look at our lives from, it doesn't matter what date it is, right? Whenever we discover, hey, we want to do something different, things aren't working and have this discovery. And that's why I think we both were impacted with, with Mike's book, When to Jump. But when you think of getting started, and you could take this from a positive light. You could take it from more of the, not pessimistic, but more of like the, you know, you ran into some challenges type. Um, how do you think about getting started now than maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago, whatever date in the past when you weren't starting or maybe you weren't happy with life? How, how do you think about those things as you uh, go through it? Uh, it's a wonderful question. And I, I think... It's to me, it kind of comes down to, you know, begun is half done, you know, it, it's just like the biggest part about getting your wheels in motion is just, you know, getting out of that stasis sort of zone. And that happens in a lot of different ways. You know, for me, I I tend to approach things in, in sometimes a fairly like cranial sort of way. And so for me, reading books was an amazing way to get started. And I know that, you know, that's, that's deeply enmeshed with kind of the way that we got connected with one another. You know, we, we were connected through Mike Lewis um, and his book, for example, played a huge role in, in me just getting started because realizing like, okay, I'm not the only person in the world who's doing something that is maybe not as well aligned with, you know, his mission values, et cetera, as, uh, as I'd like it to be. There are others out there. There's a path out there that's kind of been laid out. Maybe I should look into other people's stories. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited about, you know, the podcast that you're putting out into the world, because when you see that glimmer, when you see that there are people out there besides yourself who have made changes and they've gone, you know, on to do different things, gone on to do a second career, et cetera. Then it becomes like, oh, okay, this is not crazy. I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, you know, give it a try eventually, but before you've seen those stories, before you've seen those instances of like, hey, here are some examples, it's really, really difficult. And so I look at it now with the benefit of hindsight is like, man, what took me so long? You know, like how how on earth was I able to stomach it for so long to do something that wasn't as well aligned with what I with what I want to be with with the change that I want to wreak within the world? Um, but you know, hindsight's 2020 it's, it's like, you have to, in order to have that sort of like obviousness come onto the radar, you have to just, you know, you have to just kind of jump in. So I think that's, uh, that's kind of how my perspective has changed through time. Well, and I look at it from, you know, the way you're saying it kind of is like the, if you remember the matrix, there's the red and the, and the blue pill. Right. Uh -huh. And, but like a, a lot of us are fed that blue pill every single day. And we are just like, well, 
everyone else is doing something for, and you know, for the longest time I was in a similar boat of like, I just felt I was, wasn't good enough. I was like, ah, it, that's mm-hmm. for other people to do. I'm yes. just going to stay in my lane and whatever. And it took a long time. It was a slow progression. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like if you go pre jump, let's say, yeah. What was your life like? Like, did, did you feel complacent in your job, frustrated? Like, how, how were your relationships? I'm just kind of curious if you can piece that together. Like, were you really unhappy or was it kind of like you were happy enough to keep going just because it wasn't as bad as it could have been? I don't know. Where, where you yeah. From? Well, I mean, to, to kind of give the backdrop, I was uh, I was trading foreign exchange derivatives at Goldman Sachs. And so I was I was at a job where I was. I was aware that I was incredibly lucky to have that job. And so there was a part of me that just thought it was craziness to like turn my nose up at what was objectively speaking, this out, this outrageously great roll of the dice that wound that wound up with me in that seat. You know, it's just, it's absurd to walk away in a certain respect. It's absurd to walk away from something like that. And yet there was this this kind of ache that was just sort of manifesting. It wasn't like this acute pain, like, I hate my job, I hate my life, I'm getting out of here, you know, Jerry Maguire sort of moment right. sort of thing. It was, it was much more of this like dull ache that's just like, there's something that's not in alignment here. There's something that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, flourishing the way that I feel like I ought to. But, you know, when the when the money's good and when, you know, outs, when external markers of success and things like that seem to, you know, kind of keep you channeled in one direction, it's very difficult to, you know, keep your head on a swivel and pop your head up over the waves and, and go like, okay, what else is out there? What else, what else is even on the menu that plus, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of complacency that can go along with it. Many people who are in, you know, in roles that lend themselves, it's kind of sad, you know, like many people who are in roles that lend themselves very well to making a jump are people who have never, quote unquote, lost the game before, you know, they're people who have had an elite background, they move from one elite institution to another, and then another and another, and it's just this string of W's in like the game of life. Um, and, and so because of that, they're afraid. They're really, really afraid. What if I lose? What will that say about me? I've never lost before. What will that say about me if I you know, have this loss on my record and I try a business and it doesn't work out or I move to a new career and I just can't cut it? Or you know, there's all this fear, this risk aversion. It's, it's funny because you know, you, people from the outside think that Wall Street is a place that's just like these crazy cowboy risk takers playing around with other people's money and, and all that type of thing. In reality, I'm generalizing a bit, but in reality, there's a lot of risk aversion um, in the in the personnel in those types of places right. because there's just such a um, there's such a a kind of one track um, history that can lead that can lead into that um, into that sort of echelon, and it and it can be difficult for people who have come up through that sort of a progression to even think about uh, exposing themselves to the risk of failure. Well, and, you know, I think about this a lot of, we always want to be, you know, whatever success means to everyone a little different, Mm -hmm. but like this idea of having pain and suffering, the more we have, it actually makes us cherish the happier moments and, and those simple moments. And if we try to avoid, like you're saying, kind of try to avoid the pain, just kind of keep moving through, unfortunately sit in this really weird like we're not fully happy but we're just happy enough to get by right you know right i mean it's it's like this unstable equilibrium where it's just like you're kind of at a local max but like nowhere near a global max sort of thing and so like the next step that you take away is probably going to be down like it's going to get worse before it gets better and that impedes a lot of people from like pursuing that global maximum for their life because it's just like, oh no, if, if I move off this little perch, I'm, I'm going lower. That's not what I want. I don't want to go lower. I want to go higher. Yeah. But, you know, if you can, if you can expand that vision to go like, okay, no, I can see that perch over there and it is higher and I'm happier over there and start making those steps over in that direction. It's, um, you know, it's a it's a game changer, but visibility comes at a premium because most of those, you know, a lot of people who are in spots where they want to move on, 
it's like, you kind of got to do like a mental detox first, where it's just like, dude, I don't even know what I want yet. Let's figure out, let's give myself clarity of mind to figure out what I want. And then let's see what's on the menu. Well, and I want to go there next, because if, if we kind of, when we can kind of keep giving Mike kudos on this episode, but <laughs> if you talk about kind of that unknown, which is not there yet, we don't have the unknown, we don't know what it's going to be like, good or bad. How mm -hmm. did you get to the point of making um, your kind of leap from Goldman and, and actually being able to say, I want to do something on my own? How, did you go through mental exercises? Was it relationships you had where there was support? Can you share anything that was helpful for you? Yeah, it was, um, you know, first, I'd say, as I mentioned, you know, reading books was a very important part of it. It was something that, you know, I had to kind of get my head around the different, you know, possible ways of conceiving of this, you know, see some examples, if you will, like witness some crash test dummies of like, you know, here's people who have made jumps before me, and here's how it went for them, uh, that type of thing. And so that was a really important kind of chapter of it. And then it was just kind of, I'm a very left brain person, at least historically, you know, I'm, a, I'm very, you know, numbers oriented, rational in a lot of ways, and, and things like that. And so for me, it was it was like my right brain was uncomfortable. This this emotional side of me realized, you know, is like tugging at my heartstrings. Like my daughter, who was then two, was telling me that her favorite thing to do is to walk on grass. And and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we got to get this girl some grass to walk on. You know, I had grown up in Minneapolis. We're living in Manhattan or in its in its immediate orbit. Um, and it's just like, man, are, are we doing this wrong? You know, like there's, there's this, there's this emotional pull that plus like, there's this emotional pull of like, okay, I really want to really want to build something of my own, etc. But I, I had to get my left brain on board with it, because that's the guy who's sort of run the show historically in my life. And so for me, it was very much about dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and figuring out, can I swing it, you know, like, financially speaking, let's take stock of everything about my situation and understand like, okay, do I have what it takes to do both? And because yes, I wanted a fulfilling career, I wanted, you know, to do something that was meaningful to me that I felt like I was building the world up to be something more like what I wanted it to be. But if I make a jump to do that, and sacrifice my children's financial future in the process, that's a big trade off, you know, do I want to do I want to put my children in jeopardy so that daddy can have a job that makes him smile? Like, maybe not, you know, there's, there's a lot of push pull that needs to go into that. So for me, a big part of my individual journey was just getting all my ducks in a row, understanding what my money actually meant. And, and for me, you know, kind of getting into to the story of what I'm up to right now is like, a big part of that was understanding money in terms of time, understanding, you know, that all these dollars and cents are, are kind of bewildering for people. And I was a foreign exchange trader. And so it's just like, you know, uh, if anybody should have a good idea of what money means, it's probably me. Um, and I didn't have a clue. But when I saw things in this new perspective of just like, you know, it was from a book, it was called Your Money or Your Life is by Vicky Robin and Joe Dominguez. And so when I read this book, I was just like, huh, they're actually really right. All this money is is not valuable unless I can turn it into freedom of some kind, unless I can turn it into time to work on the things that actually that actually animate me, that actually make me come alive. And, and so it's like I, I had the first leg of the transaction down. That is like save, 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 you know, like start saving money so that I can create create, you know, opportunities for myself down the line. But the second leg of that transaction is just as important and is easy to forget. That is, there's a time, you know, to plant and there's a time to harvest. And I was at risk of, you know, um, delaying uh, unduly my time of harvest. And so it was all that that exercise for me of, of taking stock of my finances and understanding what kind of position I was actually in. Mm -hmm. It was very much about like, okay, I know where I need to be. But the question is, when, when is the right time to make that transition? You know, should I do it an early or a year earlier, two years later, you know, who knows, but you know, it, it's, it's for me taking stock and understanding the financial element of it was, was critical the way my mind works to, to getting my entire buy-in. Did you have a number in mind? Like that once you got <laughs> to a number, like that was it? Like what? Cause I always, I'm struggling this right now of when do I make that decision? When is <laughs> when is enough, right? Well, Brian, there's an app for that. <laughs> like basically, um, did you have a number in mind is a wonderful question because 
the thing is, all these numbers are arbitrary. Let's say you say, oh, I want to have a hundred grand in the bank or a million dollars or $8 million or whatever it is. Like all those numbers are just kind of, you know, pie in the sky. They're meaningless. You know, you've got all these factors that are buffeting what a million dollars even means to somebody. You know, you've got inflation. A million dollars ain't what it used to be even just a year or two ago. So start there. But then on top of that, it's like, okay, well, a million dollars for some people is like, dude, I could live forever on a million dollars. And for other people, it's like, that's going to cover them for maybe four years. And, you know, depending on your lifestyle, seeing how these things actually interlock, that's where the magic happens. And so like, when I say looking at things in terms of time, you know, having a number in mind, if you have a money-based number, one money-based number in mind, you're almost certainly doing it wrong because that number is, has to be related to another number or two or three or five in order to tell you something meaningful. That is, you know, if let's say you pick, pick a million dollars, then it's like, if your annual expenses are 40 grand, and they're never going to go up, then that's probably a pretty decent number. Um, Like, you know, historically 4% rule, whatever, getting into the personal finance nitty gritty type of thing. But if you have a family and a mortgage and obligations and all these types of things and fancy vacations and stuff like that, and you're spending 200 grand a year, a million dollars is not even close to what you need in order to like never make money again. And, you know, I'm glossing over some things that are that are really, really important from the standpoint that it's not all about, you know, like a mistake that I made, for example, my, my initial approach to the money question was like, I'm going to sprint to the finish line, make a giant pile of money and then live off the interest. And I realized that that's like, I was doing it exactly wrong. That is, I was pursuing like financial independence as soon as possible and happiness eventually. And that was exactly backwards. I should have been pursuing happiness as soon as possible, so long as financial independence eventually. And so I was at serious risk of burning out and just flaming out on that um, on that type of thing. So to answer your question, was there a number in mind? Originally there was, but then I realized this is, this is dumb. I'm doing this wrong. This number doesn't mean anything. And what I should instead be focusing on is optimizing for, okay, how soon can I start living what to me would be a more enjoyable life. And when I ran the numbers on that, it was just like, okay, what am I still doing here? You know, like taking stock for me in my situation, when I was looking at things in terms of money, it was like, this is impossibly far away. And when I was looking at things in terms of time, suddenly it was just like, oh, geez, it's going to be years before the, you know, the hounds are at the door money wise. Um, So if there was ever a time when it was okay to take a risk, it's now it kind of that new perspective gave me permission, um, so to speak, to um, to move on and, and take a shot at what's next. And I, I think it also come well, one great explanation on that, because and I want to dive deeper. <laughs> I also look at it from two kind of two angles, I guess, is one that's assuming you're not going to create any revenue streams. You know, most people, right. if they're leaving a job, they're probably pursuing something else. <laughs> Chances are there's monetary, you know, uh, improvement or byproducts, advanced, at byproducts least, yeah. of that. Yeah. But the second thing is also, and this is something I've really thought about, especially coming from like a sales role and, and been, you know, what most would consider successful in a sales role is I'm employable, meaning <laughs> if it doesn't work out in a couple of years, I can, I, I can go get another job and same probably, right. I, maybe that came into your equation. It's like, it's not the end of the road all of a sudden and things are going to dry up. And I, I, hopefully that helps a lot of folks soften they're, if we're using the the jump, right? They soften that because yeah. knowing that there is a back. Because I think that's the one thing I always struggle with. Like, oh my god, if I do my own thing and it doesn't work out, oh, what's gonna? No, I go get <laughs> another job. Like, there's plenty of people that would love to bring me in, or you in, or other people in because they've showed success and they've showed that they work hard and you know they show that they have a skill set, right? One, I I could not agree more, and I and I appreciate you for saving me in this conversation from from making a critical error, which is boiling it down to like, it's about when can I retire? It's not. That's like the exact wrong way to talk about. And and in fact, for me, when you talk about numbers that like, you know, what kind of made it okay for me to move on, one perspective in particular that really lit a fire under me was running the numbers and realizing like, do I have enough money to never make a dime again? No, I don't. But if I were to become a high school teacher and my wife were to become a high school teacher, et cetera, 
would that produce enough money for us to complement what we had from investment income and live our ideal life forever? Yes, it would. And so that was huge for me because not just because I'm plucking, you know, high school teacher out of a hat, like I, I really, really enjoy teaching. It was one of my favorite parts of the job. When I got later in my career at Goldman and I was able to do some job crafting, one of my favorite elements was like stepping off the desk in the afternoon and teaching the young guns, you know, how options theory works and stuff like that. And so I really do enjoy teaching. And so when I, when I looked at my worst case scenario, to your point of like, am I employable, you know, or am I destitute forever, you know, that type of thing, the reality is, the left tail of the distribution to be a nerd about it is is not that bad, you know, for for many people who are evaluating this, it's like they feel like they're staring down the barrel of a gun. And like, it's either victory or death. And the reality is, dude, there are so many different ways that you can be uh, insulated from quote unquote failure. And that takes a number of forms that I didn't even fully appreciate at the time. But for me, when I started evaluating like the realistic worst case scenario is like, okay, if ever, everything goes to heck in a handbasket, my wife and I can become teachers and sustain our lifestyle indefinitely. Then it's just like, it, it turns it from why should I leave into why should I stay? Um, and that was that was a critical sort of watershed moment. And then I should also mention, depending on what you're jumping to, in my case, it was entrepreneurship. Um, there's this positive dynamic that's like, okay, let's say I take my shot and it doesn't go well. Well, there's a huge opportunity to learn. So like where I sit right now from the standpoint of somebody running you know, a, a software company, it's like, do I think this one's going to go? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be successful. But there's this beautiful piece that I didn't appreciate early on in the journey that's like, even if it doesn't, you know, startups fail all the time, that type of thing, even if this startup doesn't go the way that I hoped, it's like every day that I show up to work on this, I'm making myself that much more formidable of an entrepreneur, I'm making myself that much more employable in this sector of the economy, which is ultimately a much better fit for what I'm up to. And so to your point, being a salesperson, or to my point, in this case, being an entrepreneur, or whatever it may be, it's like you can get paid in more ways than money is the point, you know, you can you can essentially give yourself tuition in um, in learning a new set of skills that you can append onto your existing knowledge structure, and be that much more valuable, you know, three years from now, even if you don't make a dime. And so it's, it's, um, I don't know, some some things that I wish I had thought about more early on that have only become clear in hindsight. Right. Well, I also look from like the, like if someone's jumping a job, a lot of times it's because of money. Oh, I'm going to get 5% yes. raise here, 10%. <laughs> but you're going into the same job that you hate or that you don't yes. like showing up. <laughs> and and that's why I think, I and and we can get into your move from from the city out West, but you know, I think that's one thing to consider. It's like, if I'm going to leave a job, where am I going? And what are the benefits? You know, we saw this a lot during the pandemic of like, if you're at a job where you have to come in the office every day, and you just want to spend more time with your kids, like, like one of the things I love working remote is I can take my son to school in the morning, I can pick him up at night, that's huge for me. Yes. And some people don't have that opportunity if they go into office, but if they took another role, not because of the money, but because it gave them more freedom or flexibility, like mm -hmm. going back to the time thing, I'm maybe where, where you're getting, those mm -hmm. are the decisions we should be making. It's not just purely on dollars, you know? And I think that's Absolutely. where a lot of folks, I'm, I've probably made that mistake in the past if I thought about it, you know? And that's, and that's the, you know, that's, that's a big part of it as well is like around the time that I started having kids, things got a lot clearer for me. Um, not less stressful, that's for sure. You know, the, 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 it amps up the stress, but like in this, before I had kids, there's this like illusion of competing priorities where there's so many things jockeying for a position in my head, jockeying for attention. And, you know, these like, oh, should I work on my career? Or should I, should I read and improve my mind? Or should I work out and improve my body? Or like, you know, there's these, there's these multiple things swirling around. And as soon as I had kids, it's just like, wake up, dummy. The only thing that matters is, is this kid. And then later on, you know, this other kid and this other kid, I've got three of them now. And so it's just like, it's clarifying, you know, it was, it kicked my butt, you know, in a, in a large respect in the, you know, in the sense that like, I white knuckled after I had kids for like six months trying to convince myself that I was still in control of my life. And all of a sudden, when I just relinquished that illusion of control 
and just relaxed into the chaos and understood, okay, Ben, this is the way that your life works now. And that's okay. Suddenly things got a whole heck of a lot better, but you know, how we, how we actually, you know, kind of got on to this point is just like having kids for me was this sort of clarion call. That's like, it was a wake up, uh, sort of, you know, it was like an alarm sounding that like, I, all of a sudden, what was, what was sufficient for me to think about someday suddenly had this fire of urgency lit under it, where it's, you know, I've got, I've got my daughter telling me her favorite thing to do is to walk on grass. You know, my wife and I visit Colorado and on the way home, she asks me, so when are we moving? And, and it's just like, all of a sudden these, the, the personal side of life starts to take the wheel. Um, and I was in, I was in one of those, those phases in life where it's just like those rare moments where everything is pointing in the same direction. You know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm kind of feeling my, like my job has run its course. I'm feeling this strong pull to do something more entrepreneurial. I had just discovered software engineering. Like I, I didn't know how to code until late in my time at Goldman um, and fell in love with it. I was waking up at four to like code before I went to the gym, before I went to the office and I wasn't getting paid anything to code. <laughs> so it's just like, wait a second, there, there are a lot of people who get paid plenty of money to go and ply this skill. And so realizing like, okay, there's a signal here. There's, there's something that I need to lean into for personal reasons, for self-fulfillment reasons, you know, for the, the sake of my children, which were looming, you know, the, the pinnacle of the pyramid in terms of my value structure. Everything was just happily pointing in the same direction. It's really rare, at least in my life, that everything's pointing in the same direction. So when it does, I just gotta, I gotta answer the call. If you're willing to share, can could you talk a little about the your relationship with your wife and how mm -hmm. that was? I mean, even prior, maybe like how things built up as you were at Goldman and yeah. ultimately leading. Because I'm assuming she was a big part of the decision to move out west to, to do yeah. these things. So, can you share just a little bit of how and and more of what I think has been important uh, for a lot of conversations I've had in here is how you communicated. Did you mm -hmm. set up, were they weekly meetings? Were they like, how did you go about making this decision as a team? Yeah, it's, um, I will first, first confess an outrageous degree of good luck, um, in my choice of spouse. Like she, uh, there, there's nothing about what I'm up to right now that would have been possible without her. Um, you know, we have always treated our marriage as like, as just the, you know, a, a no holds barred partnership that like, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, there's no mine or, or yours, it's just all ours. Um, and that applies to finances, that applies to responsibilities, that applies to kind of across the board. And so I'll give you an example of kind of what I mean. When we moved out to Colorado, um, you know, there's a big move. We moved from Jersey City to Fort Collins, Colorado. And, you know, across the country, there's kids involved, there's all this kinds of bells and whistles and things that go along with that. We never discussed once, like, okay, I'm going to handle purchasing the car, which we had never owned a car before, you're going to handle, you know, like finding the, the place to live, um, you're going to handle the movers, I'm going to handle the kids, you know, like all this kind of, we never, we never sat down and we're like, and divvied things up. The way that we kind of have historically communicated is has always just been sort of like, I'm sorry if this is a disappointing answer, but it, it's like, it's always been like, we go where we're most needed, and everything gets taken care of. Um, and so we were really, really lucky in the sense that I didn't have to be terribly strategic about like, okay, here is the three month plan and the one year plan and the three year vision and the 10 year, you know, mission into the future it was, it was always kind of like, okay, we know that we don't want to live in New York forever. That was a shared value from the start. And so, you know, how you start is a really important part of, part, important part of things. And then we were in lockstep alignment at every step along the path. You know, she could see that we're, you know, she's, she's someone who's, who's very, you know, knows me better than I know myself, which is incredibly important as well. And so she could see that like, okay, work, ain't it for me, you know, in that chapter of my life, it, it's just not animating me, it's not making me the, the, you know, the Ben that I that I really want to be. 
And so all of our incentives were aligned, all uh, everything, you know, from the personal side to the financial side to, to everything, you know, we, we just operated so much as a team um, that it's uh, that things kind of fell into line. I will say we were also we're also really fortunate from the standpoint that, you know, we have a relatively traditional family setup um, from the standpoint that like as soon as as soon as we had Nicole, my oldest, um, you know, Julia my wife decided to decided to stay home with the kids. And so that really gave us um, an extra degree of freedom that a lot of people don't necessarily have the luxury of, you know, if you've got two jobs anchoring you geographically in one place. So that's twice as many problems that you need to overcome in order to, you know, make a, a giant geographic move like that. Um, and so we were we were fortunate in the in the sense that as soon as the situations were you know, as soon as things were lined up auspiciously on my side, um, then she was she was raring to go. I mean, I, the part of the story that I that I tell about Chronify is just like we visited Colorado on the way home. She asked me, so when are we moving? And Chronify or its precursor was my attempt to code up the answer to my wife's question. And so it's she's she's inextricable from the entire process. Wow. And I appreciate you, you sharing that. Did so? Did you have the idea then prior, or that it kind of as you're driving or going getting back from Colorado, you're like thinking about how do I get out of where I'm in? Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, ideas are never, at least in my experience, ideas are never something that's just like, and then wham, I had the idea, and my life was never the same again. You know, it percolates. For me, it, I gotta, I gotta kind of massage ideas for a while before they turn into anything, and so. The you know, like rewinding a little bit that book that I mentioned, your money or your life. When I read that book and started seeing my money in terms of time, that was kind of the first shot across the bow. I remember being literally in the Goldman gym and Googling on my phone, like your money or your life app. And there was nothing. And so that was the first thing that's like, hmm, this is the first time I've ever sort of had an idea and not gone and like gone on Google and not, Im not immediately seen like 18 different companies that are already working on it type of thing. Um, and so from there it was like, okay, well at that point, you know, I still didn't know how, how to do any software engineering. I still didn't know how my finances actually looked in that perspective, whether I had the, you know, the kind of stones to, to move on with my life, et cetera. Like I still had a lot of figuring out to do, but that was where the seed was initially kind of planted. And then I started, once I started, you know, kind of tracking my finances in that way, then it was like, huh, okay, this is really working for me. I think it might work for others as well. And so then it was just like, okay, build a great system for myself and, you know, work out all the kinks and, and make sure that it's doing what I want it to do. And then the beautiful thing about software is that if it works for you, or in this case, if it works for me, then control C, control V, change a couple of variables and it works for you too. And so it's this really kind of beautiful thing where it's not like I got to sit there and like, you know, be a blacksmith pounding out this sword. And it's like, oh, okay, well, Brian wants a sword too. All right, well, that's tomorrow's work. And like, here I go, I'm going to pound out another sword. Like with, with software, it's just like, if you do it right, then all of a sudden something that you've built to be a great solution for one person it can be a great solution for many. And, and that was inspiring to me. Like I, I it was, uh, it was a, a big sort of almost a, almost a spiritual sort of uh, sort of feeling once I realized the power that's embedded within that type of uh, within that type of work, where it's just like, okay, there wasn't something here before now there is, and it's because of me or it's because of this collaboration or, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, you know, it's that continuous inspirational feeling of like you wake up, you've got this seemingly impossible problem in front of you. And then at the end of the day, you're like, you know, kind of cracking your knuckles, like, yep, that's done. You know, like it, it's, it's, um, it gives you a lot of confidence, a lot of, a lot of booster along the way. And that's one of the beautiful parts. It's like, yeah, it's tough to start over in a fresh field, which is what a lot of jumpers, so to speak, you know, do is though like, think about Mike, for example, he was doing whatever he was working at like Bain. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm gonna play squash. Like yeah. <laughs> it's a totally right. different realm, right. you know, like it, it's completely, completely different. And, and yet when you jump over, the nice thing is when you're completely green, when you're new at something, it's this really wonderful period where there's all this low hanging fruit to be picked. You know, when you get near mastery of something, Every incremental, you know, leveling up takes, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of hours when you're fresh, it's like they happen three times a day. And so it's, it's, it's really satisfying that, that like early, 
early sweetness of like embracing something new uh, is kind of self-sustaining in that in that way. Did you develop the app yourself? Uh, yeah, they, it's initial it's initial version, and still to this still to this day, most of the back end is me. Wow. Um, you know, I've I've taken on contractors and and things like that to to really make sure that it's ironed down and bolted shut and and you know does what it needs to do, but it's, you know, it's, it's my baby. It's, it's, um, it's something that, I mean, look, when you find something that other people would find drudgery that sets you on fire and makes you excited to spring out of bed at four in the morning to have the privilege of going and doing it, there's this inexhaustible well of energy that comes along with that. And so even if you feel like you're operating at a disadvantage, you know, vis-a-vis all of these, you know, Stanford CS grads and stuff like that. It's like, cause there's, there was a lot of self second guessing on, on the, on the path to moving forward with my life in the sense that's like, dude, who do you think you are? Like, you're going to be competing against a bunch of young and hungry people with fewer obligations and, and way more letters behind their name and, and all that type of thing. Like who says that you're going to be able to do anything meaningful or worthwhile, but it's just, it's kind of an unfair advantage in a certain respect to have something that you're that passionate about bringing into the world. Um, that's something that you can't train, you know, you can't, you can't really train passion. It's like, you just have to sort of discover it and then, and then leverage it. Um, and so that's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a note on exploration. It's a note on like keeping your head on a swivel. That's one thing I really did wrong throughout my first career is I was, I was very much like head down, shoulder to the plow. I didn't network at all. I didn't try and form new relationships. I was just kind of like, okay, if I work hard, my, my efforts will be recognized. I'll be compensated accordingly. And I can worry about fulfillment later. And there were probably all kinds of opportunities brimming around me that I just was not aware of because I was like, nope, if there's not a known payout, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to partake. And, and meanwhile, you know, like as I've started to toss my hat in the ring networking wise over the past few years, you know, starting this company, I started to realize, man, you know, like many of the most exciting relationships in my life right now are people that were strangers, you know, two, three years ago. And that in itself is like, holy cow, you know, like, there are all these people out there that I'm kind of waiting to meet that are strangers right now that will be incredibly important in my life moving forward. And so there's this, there's this sense of excitement that comes along with that. If you're willing to peek, you know, kind of peek behind the curtain and go like, okay, what's behind door number three. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. I actually, it made me think about, you know, just this podcast alone, because one of the reasons I started this, you know, it's been five and a half years now was mm-hmm. because I was like, and I, cause I was fear of getting started for many years, yeah. but I was like, what if I'm the one that kind of leads, there's gotta be other people like me. And what if I talk to people that have already, mm-hmm. you know, gotten started, have already done stuff. Not only am I going to acquire a ton of knowledge, that's cool. I'm going to share mm-hmm. those messages, but gosh, I'm going to meet a lot of cool people. And it's like mm-hmm. one episode after the next one conversation. I mean, look at, we would have most likely never connected if mm-hmm. I didn't do this podcast, if you didn't jump, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. kind of crazy how, how life intertwines. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I always encourage folks go out and network, go out and have conversations and just be curious about it because it's not about, uh, you know, I had Bob Berg on that wrote the go giver, you know, always mm-hmm. about kind of thinking, uh, thinking, how do you help other people in return? If you're a good person, I think it'll come back. But if you're always mm-hmm. thinking about how am I going to get mine? Yes. No one wants to be around that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, how do I go give? And then ultimately, yeah, things may come back in spades for me as long as I'm a good person. That, that's how I think at least. 100%. And, and that's, you know, I have to highlight a, a big change that's occurred for me as I moved into the entrepreneurial world. And that that came from this, this sea change in just the way that I perceived the world to work. You know, when I was on the East Coast on in, you know, on Wall Street and and just kind of a pure transactional sort of orientation, there's this there's this culture, um, and it's not every single person, but it's it's a pervasive sort of like standard operating procedure that it's like okay, here's what I'm giving here what am I getting you know there's this transactional kind of like okay you know you're only as good as your last trade and like if the last trade burns you then <clears throat> there's no kind of there's no kind of love or hate that comes out of it. it's just kind of like well okay I'm not going to work with that person anymore. And 
this, you know, it, it, it kind of caused me to, it's not the way that I grew up, but it's the way that I kind of, you know, came of age, so to speak, as an adult, to see things in a very transactional way, to see people as like means to an end, to see that like, okay, you know, what am I going to get out of this relationship? And how do I make it worth it for me? And what I really realized, uh, you know, coming into the entrepreneurial space, was I was immediately in debt. And I don't mean that in financial terms. I mean that in relationship terms. When I hung out my shingle as an entrepreneur, there were so many wonderful, incredible people who were just like waiting, champing at the bit to help me out any way they could. Not because they were going to get a financial return, not because they're my uncle and they want to see me succeed because I'm their blood. It's just they're good people who have seen this movie before, have learned some things, and they're dying to share that wealth of information with somebody else who can benefit from it. You know, kind of like if you just played a video game and you're watching your friend, you know, play through it and you're just like, oh, no, don't go around that corner, you know, like that type of thing. It's like there are people through, you know, through no avaricious, you know, sort of intention or anything like that, that are just like, no, I want to do this because it's the right thing to do. And so that was uncomfortable for me at first, because it's just like, well, wait a second, no, like, do I got to pay you now? Or like, how do I, you know, I'm getting so much value out of this, this relationship. How can I ever make it worth your while? And the orientation within, at least for many people within and sort of an entrepreneurial sort of space is like, no, 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 it's not about that. Somebody was really helpful to me when I was coming up. Yeah. Now I'm paying it forward. And so it's this wonderful, um, this wonderful sort of dynamic where it's just like when you're doing something that is truly meaningful, these aids and allies promptly appear into your life that like, I mean, take Mike as one example has been a wonderful example of that. You know, he was helpful to me when I was reading his book on the exercise bike at Goldman. And he's been helpful to me ever since we formed a personal relationship of just like putting me in touch with cool people like you that we can have conversations and, you know, who knows what comes out of it. And it's like, there's nothing in it for Mike, you know, that it's, it's like, and I know I really, I really almost felt early on, like, okay, well, I got to make sure that there's something in it for Mike, you know, like, like this is, this is, that's just the way that my mind works is there's, there's gotta be a transaction. There's gotta be equal value exchange on both sides of the equation. Otherwise this thing's going to die. And the reality is, in some sectors of the economy or in some sectors of life, it's not about that. And that's been a really, really wonderful thing. And it's it's really lit a fire in me to, you know, all the calls that people would take with me when it's like, this guy shouldn't be getting on the phone with me. It's like now when I get a call from somebody who I, quote unquote, shouldn't take, then it's just like, actually, you know what, I think I probably should because I've been where that guy is, or that gal. and. I know that I have something that could possibly benefit them if I were to share it with them. And at the end of the day, like, it's all about relationships anyways. And I'm not saying that in terms of like, you know, career success. Sure. Like relationships are wonderful career for career success, but like on your deathbed at the, at the end of, you know, when the curtains are about to come down, it's the personal relationships that you form. That's what's important to people. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you can, if you can get something wonderful out of it from a business perspective, great, happy days, icing on the cake. But the real, the main show here is being able to share your life with really wonderful people and uh, whatever happens to come out of it, that's just gravy. I, I couldn't say it any better myself. The only thing I'll add, and, and I think you kind of alluded to it, but like you start attracting, especially if you're doing things that you're, whether it's purpose-driven, you feel really passionate to get up and do it. People see that. It's kind of like the whole man in the arena speech, right? Yes. It's like people <laughs> see that you're in there and they want to help. Yeah, maybe they're a few steps ahead of you. Maybe they've done other things similar, but they yeah. see that, okay, this guy's in, or this gal's investing their time and energy. So I'm going to help or I'm going to or I'm going to make an introduction here. I'm going to do this there. And it's not about getting a return because again, to your point, they've gotten help somehow in the, in the past. So it's that, that thing, I, I've started to think about this a lot more as I've looked at my circles, if you will, for the last few years versus five, 10 years ago yeah. is because of it's, it's kind of like, you always go back to like dating. It, yep. if, if you take care of your body, if you mm -hmm. are, are again, doing things that um, kind of make you happy and smile and you have a good energy about you that attracts people, right? Yes. People want that. So yes. that's what starts attracting the right people to your life. If you're negative, if you're always about you, if you're selfish, unfortunately, you probably get into a, a circle of those type of people. 
So mm-hmm. that's a big thing I, I've always encouraged. I, I look in the mirror at this, but I encourage other folks is like, how are you putting yourself out in the world? If you yes. want to attract people that are happy and uplifting and positive and doing great things, well, what are you doing to do those things? You know? Yes. Yes. I mean, and that you're, you're absolutely right. There's a magnetism there and it happens in the dating arena. I suppose I haven't, I haven't <laughs> dated anybody it, it since happens. college. It happens but like, yeah. And so don't take my word for it, but like it happens in a, in a romantic arena. It happens in a business arena. It happens in a platonic arena. Right. You know, the energy that you are reflecting out into the world winds up kind of having a lot to do with what comes back to you. And so it's, um, you know, there's, there's part of it that seems like, okay, well, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, you know, like if you're open and, and ready for, you know, the right relationship when it comes along, then great, you're obviously that much more likely to take advantage of it um, in a positive way. But there's another, there's another element that's just like, okay, all roads to, you know, personal success lead through the same place. And that is getting fundamental alignment with what actually makes you come alive because you can't fake it. You know, like I, I think of like the, I think of the, the shell of a person that I feel like I probably was, you know, like when I was doing something day to day that wasn't aligned with who I am. And don't get me wrong. If I had it to do over again, I would do it the same way. And I'm not saying that out of stubbornness. I'm saying that out of self-knowledge from the standpoint that you know, knowing all the things that I want out of life, like I wouldn't be doing this now if I hadn't done that then, you know, like referring to the early stage of my career. But there are ways in which that you can pull the first fruits of the next chapter of your life forward. I I should have, I should have been more willing to form new relationships. I should have been more open-minded to making friends outside of my industry. I should have been uh, more intentional about just injecting some variance into my life and and just in terms of the type of people that I come across and the type of connections that I can form because the more that I've done that the more that I've realized man the world is a really big place it's not about like just smothering and and you know miserly holding on to what you already have it's about going like okay what I have like sure it's it's I'm grateful for it and it's nice to have and and all of that But one, you know, backing yourself with the confidence that if it was all gone tomorrow, that you'd be able to replace it if you needed to. And two, going like, man, what I have is such a small sliver of what's on offer in the world. And I'm not talking from a wealth perspective. It's not like, oh, yeah, once you get 1 million, then go after 100 million. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. In fact, it's closer to the opposite. But what I'm saying is like, what you are going to want in the future is something that's only partially known to you right now. And so you want to leave yourself with at least enough wiggle room within your life to be able to perceive and respond to those changing desires as they arise, because I'm a different dude than I was five years ago. And, you know, like there's a lot of, a lot of parts of me that's just like, Oh, that, that guy five years ago, that guy was an idiot. And there's a lot of, and there's a substantial part of me that goes like, I'm 34 if 39 year old me is not looking at 34 year old me and going, Oh, that guy was an idiot. Then I've kind of missed a trick because it's my job as a human to continually improve and level up and get better. Not because I'm insufficient how I am, but because that's the joy in life is just continuing to uh, do a better and better job of savoring this kind of sweet gift that we all only get one of. I think that's a good way to uh, end our conversation. That's uh, maybe we'll put a pin in it. Hopefully we'll do a number two down the road. Um, I'd love that. So give everyone a sense if they, if they download the app, is it on the iOS Android stores? So is good it? question right now. It's just pure web. So www.chronify.com oh, okay. and, and, uh, and it's uh, operate, you know, you can use it on your phone, obviously through a web browser. Okay, perfect. And what would someone get? Like what's their experience when they go in? What are some things they're going to be able to do? Um, as yes. So thank you for asking. Basically, um, the goal here is simplicity. The, the goal is taking an entire, you know, complex, uh, morass of information that goes over most people's heads and turning it into something they can actually understand. So day one, it's just like, okay, given your net worth and, you know, we help you calculate it and all that and given your expenses and blah, 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 how much time do you actually have that you can live off of what you've already got? That's a big one for a lot of people because it helps you realize like, oh, I got some catching up to do or like, wow, why was I feeling so insecure? I'm actually doing pretty, pretty well. You can realize on day one, like here's how long until I can retire or more importantly for a lot of people, here's how long until I can take a pay cut to do work that's more aligned with my values. 
um, that one is huge because it's it's expanding the range of what's on the menu for you from a from a you know kind of like a vocational perspective. And then it doesn't stop there. It's not just like okay, cool, here's where I am now, peace out. You know, it's like what we do for people is we help them dynamically track as time goes on, you know, how they're proceeding. So they can say like, oh, sweet. Over the last month, I got six months closer to retirement. What's that coming from? Is it coming from things that I can control or is it coming from things that I cannot control? So we kind of guide people's attention towards the part of their life that they can actually move the needle on. And then it gives them insight. We, we particularly focus on behavior. That's the part that's just been neglected across the market. You know, there are plenty of applications that help you budget. Um, there are plenty of applications that help you invest or claim to help you invest. Um, and what we really focus on is like, okay, it's the present tense. You know, how does what I'm doing right now impact my overall financial health? And so we can tell you things like, hey, this sushi habit is delaying your retirement by three months. You know, how do you feel about that? And so it's not like a top down, thou shalt not go out to eat. It's here's the trade off, make your own informed decision. When I look at that number, sushi is one pulled from my own life. Like when I look at that number, it's like, well, one, let's say sushi is delaying my retirement by X months. Then I go, well, one, I love my job. So I'm not worried about retiring later. That's a huge insight because I haven't always been able to say that. Two, it's like, okay, well, is this value aligned? Well, the sushi, that's date night with my wife. And so for me, it's like, this is, I'm investing in the relationship that's at the bedrock of my family. If I have a choice, I'm not going to do it less. I'm going to do it more. Um, and so taking a guy who is kind of by default, I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, I've got this caveman mentality of like uh, saving good, spending bad, you know, like that sort of thing. And what this application has enabled me to do is to identify this is aligned that's not trim the things that are not and invest more heavily in the things that are and then take more ownership and intentionality around my spending decisions so that i can feel good when money leaves my wallet for the right cause rather than just feeling this vague anxiety like i'm going backwards in life and so anyways it's all about it's all about helping people figure out you know how does your how do your behaviors fit into the rest of your financial life so that you can ultimately gain confidence and get back to living your life. We're not about, you know, gaining your eyeballs for as much time as possible. It's all about like, get in, figure it out, get out, get back to your life. And if folks want to say hello to you online, do you spend any time on social media at all? Is it more just a hello through email? Like what's the best way to say, <laughs> say hello? If yeah. To? LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a wonderful place to get in touch with me. I, um, I am not really present on social media apart from LinkedIn and some wouldn't even include that. And so I love connecting with people like I'm I'm just thrilled that I have the the privilege of speaking with you today. And so if there are people, you know, with whom any of this resonates, um I I'd love to have a conversation. Honestly, I'm I'm at a point where it's just like it's what I spend my time thinking about anyways. This is where my head lives is is helping people figure out okay, how do they gain the confidence to move on to what's next? And so people who are in that zone I love having a chat and it's, um, and it's a beautiful thing to start a, start a, start a new friendship. So I, I welcome it. Awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun and uh, good dialogue. So I appreciate the conversation. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. Hey everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianandraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in, and have a phenomenal day.